There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The sky is on fire. I think I'm going to try a rain dance. That'll put it out. It's high noon for Thursday, September 10th, 2020. And all the buzz today is about Bob Woodward's book where he interviewed Trump and people are very upset about a quote where Donald Trump was describing the dangers of coronavirus and said that he likes to play it down because he's not trying to create panic. Now, all of the headlines are about Trump downplayed coronavirus and then they 
try to assert that that cost Americans lives. Um, the second part of that is absolutely insane. There's no indication whatsoever that making it sound more scary would have saved any lives. Also, the timing of these interviews are important because the statement about wanting people to stay calm and not creating panic and trying to provide people hope about the handling of the virus was stuff that Trump said in public right after that interview. So none of this is secret. Trump has admitted to that many times. And in fact, before this particular pandemic, one of the major worries in the communities that study these things is actually creating panic because creating panic causes runs on on food and other supplies. It makes people act irrationally. It exacerbates all the problems. And we can see that that is exactly what happened when panic was drummed up by the media and when Anthony Fauci did things like encouraging nationwide lockdowns. The lockdowns are what have put us in the situation that we're in, not the virus. Okay. Yes, everybody can say, oh, but 200,000 lives. Well, many of those lives would have been lost this year regardless because there were people in nursing homes uh, around or over 50% of the coronavirus deaths were people in nursing homes and long-term care. And, or hospice, by the way, which is literally where people go to die. So, so that part of it is, is silly on its face. And it also assumes that everyone else was taking the virus far more seriously than Donald Trump. And even though Donald Trump knew it was serious, he was pretending it wasn't serious. Okay. Now, none of that is true, but people believe it because it reflects the narrative that they have already accepted. Things like Trump being unknowledgeable about critical aspects of his job or of the coronavirus or anything else. It assumes that Trump is constantly lying to the American public and it assumes that his only priority at all times is to make himself look good. All right. So that stuff gets reinforced by a quote like this. Again, even though he has said stuff like this in public five months ago. So this is not a bombshell, right? And it also assumes that the quote was like, just unearthed Woodward has had this information for five and six months. He was doing those interviews in February and March and I believe April Trump shut down travel from China on January 31st. Joe Biden and his advisors were calling that panic and were calling that xenophobic. Every major media outlet was doing the same thing. The New York Times was running articles like this one by a reporter named Farhad Manju from January 29th. This is by Farhad Manju. The headline is Beware the Pandemic Panic. Coronavirus is scary. How we respond to it may be worse. 
And the first paragraph of this article says, Coronavirus is starting to freak me out. Not the illness itself, but the amped up, ill-considered way our frightened world might respond to it. Good. That's very prescient. He was right. That's January 29th. Donald Trump shut down, traveled to China two days later. This is about the time where the Western world began taking the coronavirus seriously, although not figures like Anthony Fauci, not figures like Joe Biden, no one in the Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi, Bill de Blasio, all these people were still telling people to go out and celebrate the Chinese New Year uh, in Chinatown, in San Francisco, in New York. Remember what the political environment was like then. Joe Biden held his last campaign event on March 11th, and it was packed with people. He was still going and encouraging people to go vote in person in the primaries on April 2nd. Okay, so there were estimates that the disease was more deadly than the flu. And these estimates were based on China and WHO misinformation. And it turns out that the virus was not more deadly than that. And that's just, that literally is the data and the science. The infection fatality rate is what it is. It's about one in a thousand people. Okay. So what did they want Trump to do? Was he supposed to tell all Americans that this was incredibly deadly? I covered a lot of this in revisionist history, which is why I'm you know, going to be less focused on the exact quotes here and uh, the timelines and all that, because it's all in there. I've done extensive work on this. And part of the reason why I called it revisionist history was that there were two main reasons. One is that there was a way this could have gone that would have prevented a lot of these problems. And those that way, those ways were obvious and accessible from the beginning. Okay, so this could have had an entirely different story if the media narrative had been a different one. Had they been viewing the disease through any other lens than does this help or hurt Donald Trump, we would have had a different experience of this whole thing. It was also the case at that time, and even more so now, that the people who did get it wrong would be changing their stories on exactly what happened. All right. The key dates, the key things you need to remember, Donald Trump bans travel from non-American citizens from China on January 31st. He followed that up a little while later with bans on European travel from the EU and then from the UK. All right. Those things are all far more effective steps than anyone else took or was suggesting to take until late March. So he was no less than six weeks ahead of that curve. While, by the way, Anthony Fauci was saying that that travel ban was not necessary, while the media and Democrats were saying that it was xenophobic, 
while they themselves were calling it the Wuhan virus and saying calling it the Wuhan virus was racist. Racist, I think I just said. Or the China virus or the Chinese virus or the Chinese plague or whatever. Kung flu. I forgot about that one. I almost forgot about that one. It is indisputable, objective fact that Donald Trump took the coronavirus more seriously than the people advising him on health, namely Anthony Fauci, the entirety of the media and the Democratic Party, including Joe Biden's corpse, which was less of a corpse back then. He was more fully animated back then. Maybe they're running out of his reanimation fluids. Let me read you some of the headlines. I searched Google for pandemic panic harmful. Those three simple words. You can do this yourself. National Geographic. Coronavirus is spreading panic. Here's the science behind why. BMJ. Don't panic. It's just a pandemic. Duke University. This is from April 15th. Fear and panic become just as dangerous as the virus itself. This is from an infectious disease expert studying infectious diseases, of all things. At Duke, his name's Chris Woods. He, in the article, he compares the response and how they're treating it to influenza. Shocking. Australian Financial Review on February 28th, 2020. Why the panic could be worse than the pandemic. Wired on March 14th, 2020, Panic, Pandemic, and the Body Politic, a paper from the NIH about the pandemic of panic, that from 2006, all right? Having a panicked populace is one of the worst things you can do in a crisis situation, and yet that is exactly what the media created throughout this entire period. And I talked about this in revisionist history as well. What was Donald Trump supposed to do at that point that the media would have been okay with? They weren't okay with him locking down travel from two places that already were experiencing the pandemic. They were going to call him anti-science no matter what. That is one of the things that they do. And, you know, I really do think that it's worth considering the point that Trump was making today on Twitter. If Bob Woodward thought this was that dangerous and that Trump was being that irresponsible, why did he wait six months to put it in the press releases for his book. Well, that's to sell books. Why does the book come out right now? Well, because it's right before an election. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is how these things work. And again, are we just going to pretend that he didn't already say all of these things in public? 
This is crazy. This is how these stories get invented. And in fact, we're going to have another 30 of them or 20 of them or whatever between now and the election. This is what media and political parties do to each other. This is called negative advertising and negative campaigning. They're supposed to make the base voters less enthusiastic and keep anyone in the middle who is thinking about voting for the opponent either on their side or completely on the sidelines because they're just so frustrated with the whole system. So more is going to come out of this book until probably the middle of next week. They'll probably do one of these sort of revisionist history scandal dumps for the next week. Will it work? Depends. How dumb are the people listening to this stuff? All right. And, and like I said, this narrative is working just the same as the one last week in the Atlantic article. And you can read these articles and understand that they are not quoting actual sources because first of all, they'll describe the situation that the person has knowledge of. It is almost definitely not one that they have firsthand knowledge of, which should already raise doubts, but then they will also use partial quotes and out of context quotes like most of the media right now. And even in the white house press conference with Kaylee McEnany yesterday, Reporters were asking why Trump was downplaying the virus and isn't that being intentionally dishonest with the American people. So those are the two things that they're focused on, that he was downplaying the virus and that he was intentionally misleading Americans. All right. And then they magically connect that to actually somehow costing lives, even though there's absolutely no proof of that. And there's not even any reason to believe that that's true. What they don't mention, and they didn't mention in that question, the full quote where Donald Trump says that he's a cheerleader for the country and he does not want people to panic and that he thinks that's what's good, what good leaders do. Now, if you don't think that's what good leaders do, okay, someone's going to have to find me the literature and it must be extensive because panic has existed from the beginning of time where leaders are inclined to panic in the face of crisis. You don't even actually have to go through any formal literature. You could just go through the history of storytelling and know that the best leaders do not panic and do not create panic in others. Here is Anthony Fauci with Fox News' John Roberts. You can look this up. The headline is Fauci tells Fox he didn't get any sense that Trump was distorting anything about coronavirus. Here we go. So. John Roberts asked Fauci if he thought Trump had played down the threat of the virus. No, I didn't. Fauci responded. I didn't get any sense that he was distorting anything. I mean, in my discussions with him, they were always straightforward about the concerns that we had. We related that to him. And when he would go out, I'd hear him discussing the same sort of things. He would often say, we just got through with a briefing with the group from the task force and would talk about it. So it may have happened, but I have not seen that kind of distortion. Roberts asks him, 
you were there through that whole thing. Was that the playbook or was that the president just going his own direction? I don't think so, John Fauci responded. I don't recall anything different than in our discussions that we had with the president that he said things quite similar publicly. Damn, I read that sentence really bad, but I think Fauci might have said it really bad or this is typed out really bad. I don't recall anything different than in our discussions that we had with the president that he said things quite similar publicly. Yeah, I mean, who knows what that is? That's not even a sentence. It goes on. I didn't really go over any of the text. This is the book since it came out, Fauci told Roberts. But, you know, in my discussions and the discussions of other task force members with the president, we were talking about the reality of what was going on. And then when we would get up in front of press conferences, which were very, very common after our discussions with the president, he really didn't say anything different than we discussed when we were with him. He went on. I may not be tuned into the right thing that they're talking about, but I didn't see any discrepancies between what he told us and what we told him and what he came out publicly and said. Now, I don't think Anthony Fauci has been totally honest this time, so I don't 100% trust Anthony Fauci, but he certainly wasn't dishonest in a pro-Trump direction at any point. So now he's just, what, covering his ass? Fauci is, is compromised by the deep state or something? What? This is a complete double standard. The only reason anyone believes this garbage is because it confirms what they already think. Also, Woodward reports in his book that Fauci has described Trump as, quote, being on a separate channel and offering, quote, rudderless, unquote, leadership. Woodward also has Fauci saying Trump's attention span is like a minus number and his sole purpose is to get reelected. Fauci said that he didn't recall saying any of those things. If you notice it was reported that others have said I said that. So, you know, you should ask others. I don't recall that at all. So, I mean, according to what I saw in the newspapers, it says, and others have said that. So, you know, I don't really want to get involved in the kind of stuff that is very distracting to the kind of things that I'm trying to do and that we're all trying to do with this outbreak. So even the supporting quote that people are relying on to make Trump look stupid and irresponsible and self-centered is a secondhand quote about something Fauci didn't say. And this is a scandal. This is a scandal. Joe Biden literally was in an interview and told the people in his campaign to scroll the teleprompter up so that he could read the answer to the next question. That's a scandal. The fact that the guy nominated for president can't think in real time and is consistently caught reading the answers to live interview questions off screens. Now, a lot of people are theorizing that the news 
and the campaign are coordinating the questions and thus coordinating the responses. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that what Joe Biden is doing is looking at like an iMessage screen or some other app on his computer and his campaign people are typing in the answers to him in real time and then he is reading them. Okay, so I'm not even suggesting maliciousness on the news. The malicious part of what the media is doing is that they are asking him softball questions and setting him up with the answers. But these TV interviews and these press conference interviews where he has just read off teleprompters. You can see him reading off teleprompters or computer screens and you can see him reading the parts on those screens that aren't part of the answer. And you can see him asking them to go further in the script for him. This is provably true on video. You can watch it. On the other hand, people are believing scandals left and right, which are provably untrue by any standard of proof. This is rumor and stuff completely taken out of context. This is revisionist history. This is exactly what I was talking about. I had so many other things that I wanted to talk about today, but now we are on this one. So I'm going to jump through a few things really quickly. Okay. One of them is Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan's governor, who has imposed among the more strict lockdowns in, in uh, the country. And Whitmer was one of the four governors. They used to say five, but I guess it's four now who intentionally put patients sick with COVID into nursing homes for treatment. And in those nursing homes, people died. That's why there is a federal investigation about it. The others, of course, were uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo from New York and then the governors of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. All right. And so that's who this person is. She's also shutting down Big Ten football single-handedly, not allowing the teams in her state to play, even though there is absolutely no scientific reason why that is a problem, especially not if they choose not to allow fans into the stadium. This is crazy, all right? But she ha she allowed Joe Biden to have a campaign event there yesterday and said that there was no problem with it because, of course, Joe Biden follows the science and the data and his people wear the masks so that everyone is safe, even though masks don't actually keep people safe. Right. She's mad that Trump is holding a rally there tonight because his rallies are dangerous, even though they are outside. And we know that that's not where coronavirus spreads. He has his rallies now, like right off the airstrip. His plan lane, his plane, his plan lanes, his plane lands, and then he gets out, goes over to the place where the rally is set up, gives the speech, and then leaves all outside. Not an enclosed space, not a place with sustained contact. And the people there, are largely not 
in high-risk groups, which are only the elderly, the obese, and people with other serious compromising conditions. Again, the average comorbidities is over two and a half. Only 6% of the deaths in the entire country have come from people without those comorbidities. And I would guess a hell of a lot of them died from being put on ventilators. And why were people put on ventilators? Because the disease was misunderstood and everyone was panicking. Andrew Cuomo requested 34,000 ventilators, if my memory serves, and they didn't use them. Trump sent a hospital ship and set up the Javits Center as coronavirus medical facilities, and Andrew Cuomo didn't use them. Why didn't he use them? Well, because that would be a Trump win. So instead, he put sick people into nursing homes and his his supporters will try to say that he needed the space in the nursing homes and that's why they were used no that's false there were thousands of beds prepared specifically for coronavirus treatment that Cuomo chose not to use if you listened to revisionist history if you listened to controlled demolition and don't see these simultaneous crises along with the election, all of this stuff being uh, entirely politically motivated, I don't know what to tell you. They are contriving situations to make Trump look bad. And I know that I am defending him. And you might be like, okay, well, you're always defending Trump. Well, I'm not always defending Trump. I'm defending Trump from stuff that he deserves to be defended from because it's bullshit. Just yesterday, there were uh, headlines about how Andrew Cuomo was not going to open up indoor dining in New York City, even though it's open in the rest of the state, because they didn't have enough people, maybe police officers or social workers, to go around to all the restaurants and enforce social distancing, which is something that they do not need to do. And he's being sued for billions of dollars, of course, because he's destroyed entire industries and people's entire livelihoods and prevented people from working just like Garcetti and Gavin have. And by in, in, within a few hours, they reversed course on that. Then yesterday also, it was announced that Halloween was canceled in Los Angeles. And then as soon as everybody got mad as hell, their public health director, Los Angeles County's public health director, Barbara Ferrer, who has no history in public health before this and is not a doctor or a scientist at all. She completely reversed course on that. So a few hours later, Halloween went from dangerous and unsafe due to the science to being okay due to also the science, because what they do is follow the science. Haven't you been paying attention? Democrats follow 
the science. That's how they know that these fires that only happen in California and not the rest of the country where there are arid, dry environments, that they are the result of climate change. Nope. Oh, by the way, I forgot one thing. I want—I mean, I kind of touched on it, but I want to make this really clear. A good thing to do when you're reading news articles is if you see words, single words in quotes, like suckers and losers, which is supposedly what Trump said about fallen soldiers, which, of course, he did not say. But if you see single words in quotes like that, you should understand that there is a reason the media outlet is not writing the full quote. And that's because it's not making you think the thing that they want you to think. Or it's because they do not have a full quote. Or it's because they do have the full quote, but it's secondhand information that no one would believe. And so what the the word that is in the quote marks is something from a quote that someone who wasn't specifically involved with the situation is relaying. That's akin to... My buddy saying that he had a weird date last night and the girl he took out got upset about something and he's not sure why. And then my friend asking me like, hey, how did how did Dan's date go? And then I say to that friend, oh, man, she sounds crazy. And then that friend of mine reporting that Dan said the girl was crazy. It's like a little telephone game. And they can use that single word in quotes because I actually did say it. But what I said was something that Dan didn't say and may not have even thought. I took from it what I wanted to take from it. And then I relayed what I took from it to something to someone else. And then that person reported it. That's how these news articles go, all right? And again, let's remember the timing. We have a two and a half year old story about Trump not wanting to visit soldiers that just comes out last week. We have a six month old quote that just comes out yesterday, even though Trump has said the same thing publicly. This is not how important news stories work. This is not how honest people relaying stuff that the American people need to know, go about it. And I'm not even just talking about the journalists. I'm talking about the people who provide these stories to the journalists. Understand and remember, they are going to go after Trump with everything they can use. Okay. It is amazing to me. And this is something to always keep in mind, especially these last two months where this stuff's going to be happening constantly. All of these attacks on Trump are about his character. They are meant to reinforce the narrative that certain people believe about Trump's character or his mental capacity or whatever, right? But these are only references to the narrative that people have already either accepted or believe is possible. 
And the reason that they accept those narratives and believe that those narratives are possible is because of an endless string of other articles like this that are similarly poorly sourced and similarly do not reflect reality. Any Trump is racist story that comes out will be believed. Why? Because people think he said both sides in Charlotte and that he was talking about neo-Nazis and white nationalists when it's very, very clear from watching the, the tape, reading the quotes, that that is not at all what he said. Okay, so we have a false piece of a narrative. Kids in cages. That was Obama. The policy changed under Trump. With the nasal swabs, with the DNA swabs. And. People still believe that. And so they are going to believe the next narrative. It's the same on all of these things. And the people that are still spreading this shit are the ones who still believe in the Russian collusion shit. These people hate Trump. They will believe anything about Trump. They will keep this going. They are trying to win an election. And they are doing a very, very bad job of it. If they were doing a good job of it, Joe Biden would be out campaigning on a positive platform of all the things that he was going to do. Except Joe Biden cannot be out campaigning because Joe Biden is physically unequipped and mentally unequipped to do so. Where is all the news about Kamala Harris and how great she's going to be? Nowhere. The story is permanently about Trump because the media and the people who are going to tarnish themselves by voting for a dead guy are obsessed with Trump. They are obsessed with him. And I often see on social media, like people trying to make fun of people defending Trump as if we're in a cult. No, you're in a cult. You are obsessed with Trump. These people have centered their entire lives, their entire personalities around hating Trump. That is their animating feature for the last five years performing their own moral goodness by how much they can hate an American president. And one last thing before I go, because I forgot to update this. I was going to do it at the beginning and I didn't, but I am still in the Twitter dungeon. It has been now 50 hours on my 12 hour suspension for tweeting an opinion about why Vox believes the Democratic Party owns the black vote. So 50 hours, no appeal has been settled. I am not canceling the appeal because there was nothing wrong with the tweet and they can go fuck themselves. But if you are on Parler, I am on there. I'm checking out that platform for a couple of days while I'm in Twitter jail. Uh, it's at I'm your moderator on there. Same as Instagram and Twitter. Please go give those a follow. Please share the show with your friends. If you can, please take two seconds and go to iTunes and give it a rating and a review. And I will love you very much for that. 
I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I do not have a network. You should listen to more Hopes Fall. Good. Bye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. 
It's hell!